0: Welcome to series two of the GM Moving podcast, where we share with you stories of how people and partners across Greater Manchester are creating the conditions for active lives for all. I'm Eve, Strategic Director at Greater Sport, leading, supporting, and connecting GM Moving, Greater Manchester's movement for movement. Supported by investment from Sport England, Greater Manchester partners have been taking a whole system, place based approach. To embed physical activity into everything, to enable sustained behaviour change for happier, healthier, more connected communities and active lives for all. In each episode, we share stories of what this looks like in action in each of the 10 boroughs of Greater Manchester. Today, I'm back in Manchester Central Library, this time with Helen, a local pilot lead in Glossop and I'm rejoined by Nicole, one of my colleagues at Greater Sport, who supports the Local Pilot Network. Glossop's Local Pilot is working with people in Whitfield and has a particular focus on young people and families, people out of work or at risk of becoming workless, and people aged 40 to 60 with long-term health conditions. So, let's hear from Helen and Nicole to find out how they've been supporting people to move more in Glossop and to have fun in the process. I start off by asking Helen to share a bit of her own personal story and why moving matters to her. As a child,
1: I was turned off sport completely by PE teachers. Being small, being a little bit overweight, last to be picked for teens, all that sort of thing. So really came out of school hating anything to do with sport. Parents desperately trying to get me into sport because and activity because I was gaining weight when I went through puberty and stuff. Still stayed small which was always a conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to eat with my uh, competitively against my brother who's six foot four and I'm five foot two. So you can imagine he's going up and I'm going out. <laughs> But when I got to um, university, I, I changed. I um, realised that actually if I want to carry on eating and drinking, um, I can't continue on in the way I, I was doing. So I was already with my partner at that point and we were out on a drinking session with some friends and <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing all this sort of thing and that we, we'd found out that the local martial artist uh, had started doing a ladies' defence course. So we had a bet with the, the the guys that we would go and do three weeks of kickboxing training at this martial arts centre, and if we did, they'd streak around the streets. <laughs> so <laughs> ten years later on, I've got my black belt, and they've oh. still they they've still not
0: streaked. Wow, <laughs> what an amazing story!
1: But yeah, so that sort of kicked me off onto wow. my journey of realising that sport doesn't have to be team sport yeah. and the well-being that I got from I had a job down in Nottingham so I'm still living in Glossop working in Nottingham quite a stressful role spending a lot of time on the roads and cars getting frustrated on the M1 and all that sort of stuff <laughs> being in husband up at 20 on um, junction 28 at 10 o'clock at night going, <laughs> I've only moved 500 yards in two hours you know. but I'd go straight to the gym and by the time I'd done that, I was mm-hmm. back in the room, back in the space, and back in the place that I need to be. So, so, my love of activity has just grown and grown and grown. And realizing my mental health mm-hmm. really um, was helped by that, as well as my physical. Being, I've been able to eat far more than I used to be able to eat, <laughs> and I do enjoy my food.
2: You do a lot for the local community, and you're quite well known as well, so you've, you've got quite a lot of women into running, haven't you, with your nice. running groups, and being very modest with your uh, <laughs> physical activity, uh, you're, you're running all the time. Yes, I run every day. So I started some school, day, school
1: gate runs seven years ago, when my, my children were at school. We've had ladies get to marathon distance but most of them, they like to get up to about 10k and then settle there and regularly run 10ks. And it's all about the social side of it as well. Right tomorrow, we're going for a walk. We're going to go over the nab and up King's Ross and we'll sit on top weather provided and have a glass of fizz before we walk <laughs> So the running came from, I realised when I was doing my, black, my brown belt that I was not fit enough for my black belt so I started running as a a way of increasing my stamina and then when I had the children the kickboxing training didn't fit in with my lifestyle of having a young child where you can go outside you can run whenever you like mm. so it fitted with the family and to be honest it's become my main form of exercise now and I just love being outdoors and I love the fact that we live in Glossop we're fortunate everybody I think lives within half a mile of open countryside so off I go in the morning, first thing in the morning. And it gets me energised and ready for work. I quite often turn up on Zoom calls looking a bit like <laughs> having purple hair. I sometimes have purple streaks running down
0: my face. <laughs> thinking I hope they can't see that on camera. <laughs> so we've gone from hating really yes. sport, physical activity that really been stripped out of your life, your experience at school, through to. Being someone that now is a black belt, which I wasn't warned about before you moved in, you walked into the room because <laughs> I, I didn't know. if um, <laughs> I known that, I
2: mean, I've been a lot nicer to you.
0: Go. So again, that humility. You don't actually, uh, yeah, share all these things, um, and then yeah, daily running now and encouraging others. Fantastic. I guess for anyone listening who's going Glossop, and they're still wrestling in their head going Glossop, Greater Manchester. Is Glossop part of Greater Manchester? Can you just explain? Yes, yeah, so
1: Glossop is part of Glossop and Tameside Hospital, so the NHS Trust. So this, because of the this, this whole project's more about preventative healthcare, obviously it's to do with the hospital, so that's why we're linked up. But Glossop's so close to Tameside anyway. we were chill, saying earlier that the son was on his way to college in Tameside, yeah, a large percentage of the population of Glossop work within the Greater yeah. Manchester area. They're more likely to work in Greater Manchester than they are in, in Derbyshire. So our links are really strong with Greater Manchester, and it isn't, from my point of view, unfortunate we're not part of Greater Manchester. <laughs> I wouldn't have some of the problems I have in the work.
0: Can make it a bit tricky sometimes, can't it, when these structures are different? Yes. Um, but yeah. Want wanted people to understand if <laughs> they're yeah. sat sort there of, uh, looking at a map going, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> we're not in another borough. Sneakily just it's sort of thought we'd <laughs> invite you in. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your role now in Glossop. What, what does that look like? What do you do? I carry on trying to inspire people to
1: move, and it might not necessarily be running because obviously that's quite high-end um, intensity. But I encourage people to walk around the park. So we have things like story walks going on in the parks where you can um, scan a QR code. and um, It's uh, a lovely narrator, actress from Glossop has narrated the stories, so she'll talk you around the park. So they're quite low level and you can stop and sit down and explore different parts of the park that you wouldn't normally view. You know, most people with toddlers, they'll go to the play area and that's as far as they get. They don't actually realise that, like, man parks huge part with fantastic facilities mm-hmm. so we start off at that sort of low level and then within the walking sort of side of things we've got a group that's working around the Ethels at the moment if you know what they are. So what are they? The, the, the peak's over 900 foot in, right. in the Peak District um, there's 95 of them in the Peak District so you, you can mark them off basically, you can get an app called the Ethel app and you can mark off as you go when you've done them so yes, we've got a walking group that are doing that, which obviously is quite high-level walking. Um, but we've got social groups, we've got ladies-only groups, we've got men-only groups. Um, the lady ones are more for um, people that probably struggling with in social isolation and that sort of thing. So working with the social prescribers, they refer the ladies into the ladies' walking group. Um, work with the local leisure centre so at the moment sounds like I'm doing it for women don't it but at the moment we're working with the local leisure centre for, on menopause we started off with a Facebook page called chat through the change and we invited lots because I'm 50 so I was inviting all the, lots, all my friends but also their friends and it grew into quite a network of people and there's 800 people on that group wow. now um we had some evening Zoom calls where they could do some question and answers with experts. So we had some, a GP on there talking about HRT. We had a sleep expert come on. We had a, an exercise um, therapist come on, um, something about sex and relationships, all them sort of things that affect women going through menopause. And then from that it led on to actually we need to do stuff face to face and we need to do more than just giving the theory, that's them the actual practical side of things. So we, we've linked up with Lex Leisure and a lady called Becky who's been trained in menopause as a PT and she's now on her third programme of um, sessions for women in menopause so fitness fitness through menopause I think they're and it's an 8 week programme but at the end of it then they can continue, mm-hmm. yeah. continue on to do more exercises it's all resistance training and that sort of thing to, to safeguard yeah. your, your future we've been doing lots of youth groups so we started off. So my work's been was trying to focus place based. So looking at the three different areas of Glossop, so Whitfield, Gamesley, and Hadfield, and we were doing summer activities in them three places. I'm driving them activities. The parents come and talk to me, and um, they were basically saying antisocial behaviours on the rise. But the reason it's on the rise is because there's nothing for the kids to do. So they know the answer, they know that the kids need occupying and they know there's a reason why antisocial behaviour is that it's not just a case of kids being badly behaved. But there's nowhere, nobody really willing to stick the necks out and sort of do it. In Gamesley, I was fortunate enough to have a couple of really brilliant women that volunteers, um, proper community champions, that were like, we want to do this. So I said, well, you know, if you want to do it, then I'm here to support that. Mm-hmm. So we did. It took a while, <laughs> but we're now six months in and we've, um, we've, we've got two sessions going a week. We have a Wednesday, um, which is the age 11 to 17, and a Monday, which is 7 to 11-year-olds. And we have over 100 children coming through the doors each week to see it as a safe place to come. They can be they can be active if they want to be active in various ways. We have we always have somebody there that will do a sporting activity with them. They go outside and they have, they have the mugger next door, so they have a kickabout on there as well. But they can just come and chill out if they want and be with the mates. And it's a safe space and not getting moved on by people. They're not getting shouted at for making too much noise. So and so that because that model's been seems to be really successful in Gainsley. We now we've just. Three weeks ago started one in Whitfield as well, so that's been really um, really positive. The, the age group, we've only got one time slot there, unfortunately, so we've had to merge the two age groups, so that's going to be interesting how that, the dynamics work in that one because seven-year-olds to 15, 16-year-olds is quite
0: a big, big jump. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a mixed bag, yeah. <laughs> Although they do keep themselves separate, there's plenty of space, there's plenty of different rooms for them to go in, so it's not like you're cramming
0: them in mm. and saying, get on with each other. Sounds brilliant, Helen. Just, I've got a real picture now of all these different places and people just being active in different ways and having a lot of fun in yeah. the process, really, which kind of definitely shines out. So, um, so can you talk about what, what is it about being part of sort of the local pilot? How has that made any difference in terms of ways of working and what you're doing?
1: It has made a massive difference, to be honest. So, High Peak Borough Council have adopted quite a lot of the Greater Manchester way of thinking. We have, like the High Peak Board Council are just about to launch their Move More strategy. So it shows that the, the way of thinking has gone across. Active DAB should talk in, in the same manner as well. So,
0: And if you to try and bottle that, people go, yeah, learning about what? What is it? What is the essence of this? How is it different? How would you describe it to somebody? It's that collaboration, isn't it, that everybody's a leader.
1: When you're around the table in the past, one person spoke and everybody else listened, whereas it's taken a while, you know, we've been doing this for how long now? Uh, two and a half years, I think Glossop's been mm-hmm. sort of proactive in it. And it, it probably took the first 12 months really for us to get our heads around that, you know, that who's leading this meeting? And it's like, no, nobody's leading the meeting. We're all, we've all got an equal say and equal, equal value to, around the table, whether you're a community member Or you're a strategic lead, you know, or you're a cabinet member or whoever you are within the partners. And it is making a difference now because you are seeing the different ideas coming through and Mm -hmm. the listening to the real life stories at the bottom, which they wouldn't have seen before. How that actually changes in strategy does trickle down to the man on the street. And it's feeding it back up then as well.
2: And you can you can see that in the kind of commitment from like so you've got um, Scott Newing Post. So yes. he's uh, what's his role? So he's Move More Children and People yeah. Officer, yeah. and that's been funded in uh, collaboration with I did Derbyshire
1: know. Derbyshire County mm-hmm. Public Health High Peak Borough Council and High Peak School Sports mm-hmm. Partnership. So that's a real
2: collaboration. Mm-hmm.
1: To bring one person into post, and
2: you've demonstrated that that kind of way of working is viable and is successful in terms of that speaking to the local community, really taking that learning on board, yeah. seeing the way that you work, and have kind of extrapolated that out to this to Scott, who's going to be working, you know, on that children, young people remit now. Yeah, it's really, yeah, that's yeah. really impressive. Yeah.
0: you've shared some of the joys i've got stuff from men, yeah menopause through to young people through to all parts of the community be supported to be active and support each other to be active and creating safe spaces for that to happen um any other particular kind of highs or joys that you want to point to before we move on to the challenges
2: (laughs) (laughs) the previous thing that that i'd I'd witnessed is at the start, so I've been involved right from the start in, in Glossop, and, and uh, you know, a big issue was that you you had people who didn't understand the complexities of living in Glossop and, and kind of what that means with you know, when you've got High Peak Borough Council and then Derbyshire County Council, and also you've got CCG from you know, Tayside and, and that kind of thing, and all the different complexities around that. You had people who perhaps were living in Derby or you know, other places in, in, in Derbyshire making decisions about glossop and they didn't understand how you know that it's a very unique place. So I think you know your work has been able to give a voice to to residents and also the different kind of you know assets and champions and and it within glossop. And a really good example of that is is what's happened at Bankswood with the the pump track there that's you know recently been um, installed and it's it's brought the kind of collaborative approach of the Move More Glossop steering group and the and the different agencies that are involved has allowed that additional investment in, but you've had your own spin on it and you've been able to influence the way that British Cycling kind of went about that. And it was really important because previously, you, you know, you might have had it dumped anywhere and it might not have been used because it's not what the community wanted or where it, that it, it was needed mm. um, and through the kind of insight gathering that, that you did and things like that you know, you've know, really been able to, to influence that so I'd say that's you a know, real win for the work in Gossip It's allowed people's ideas to, who, like, what would have been ideas that would
1: never have left the ground to actually blossom and go, do you know what, there's, any, there's somebody there who will support me and we can do this the evolution of the Hangout Club, which is the Youth Club on Gainsley, we've now they've now got a bingo club from the volunteers that met at the Hangout Club, mm-hmm. and some of the volunteers um, also have gone on to do the life skills sessions at the Bureau, um, and are on the, the Back to Work programme as well. So when you you start off on a project that you think is a target at that level of community or age group or cohort people, but then actually it, it spirals out I and mean, you, you get these wins that you were actually, do you know, I didn't think that would happen. It didn't even occur to me that that would
0: happen, but it <laughs> has happened and it's an added bonus. On... So one thing's become a catalyst for another and for another mm-hmm. and these ripples keep spreading. But It is fascinating to think of what it looks like to take a place-based approach within a place that has so many complex (laughs) overlapping structures as nicole complex putting it politely (laughs) i mean there must be we talk a lot about (laughs) having to shift governance and processes and make sure that um some of those structures be they around you know geographical borders or around formal structures and systems you know how often they can get in the way i mean People must look at lots and go, oh my goodness, we thought we had it tough. But so how how have you managed to yeah, navigate that? Is this is this <laughs> ha, ha, long has, there been, has there been any key learning, I suppose, in, in taking this kind of place based approach and as Nicole says, giving a voice to kind of local people who live there as opposed to feeling as though it's things that are imposed that you've yeah, that you've learned through through the last couple of years. Um, I think
1: one of the keys is relationship building and persistence. I don't go away. <laughs> I don't go away very easily. <laughs> Relationships, though, are definitely the key. I'm getting the people that you're speaking to to try and understand what you're trying to achieve and why you're trying to achieve that. Also understanding that their capacity and their limitations within their own job as well, because it's all right to keep pecking one person, but if they actually mm. have got massive mm. workload and you're, they're not quite the right person to, to, to be able to shift what you want them to shift, then obviously you're both going to end up getting frustrated, aren't you? So it, it is complex. It's very complex in Glossop. But having those key people with key relationships is definitely the way... To make it happen and because of this collaboration of when we go into meetings now we do try and be much more everybody's a leader that there's voices coming from places that wouldn't have normally spoken and actually then those that can make it happen realize well actually it is needed it's not just me shouting about that there's mm-hmm. all these people behind me ready to support me and we've got the evidence of need as well from mm-hmm. below so and that's a big part of it, isn't it? It's okay, go with an idea, but if you haven't got the evidence of need within the system, then it's not going to happen either, mm. is it? I can't say I've got an answer for a gossip because I don't think we'll ever get a true
2: no. path, pathway <laughs> across the complex. <laughs> no, but I think I think something that's there's definitely something around trust, and I've seen over the the last few years those those different partnerships, you know, between you know. DCC, High Peak Borough Council, Act of Derbyshire, the Bureau, you know, I've seen in that space the the way it's evolved and particularly you now during COVID and, and kind of recovery from that. I think there's a definite understanding that. We are all on the same page and we're, we're trying to make things better for the people of, of Glossop and it completely makes sense to work together and share that resource. And
0: So you mentioned the Bureau. Can you tell listeners what is the Bureau?
1: The Bureau is the local volunteer charity. They're known as the Volunteer Bureau. So they host my role. They work across the high peak with the other CVS teams as
2: well. So... There's quite a network of volunteers. What's been really good as well and something that you've kind of brought and, and CAS has brought as well is is a flexibility and approach. I think the way that you kind of approach, uh, you know, like the work that you've done with uh, some schools and things like that is, you know, you're willing to work around them. You know, you're not coming in and saying this is what you've got to do. Yeah. And
0: Thank
2: you You also referred to CAS. Who's Kaz? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Well, she'll she'll be fuming if she doesn't get a good shout out now. (laughs) She'll she'll be listening to this. She'll be like, right, they've not mentioned me yet. Kaz
1: Little, she's from, she now works for High People and Park Council Parks and Leisure and Community Engagement Team for Glossop and Hope Valley. It's been six months, she's been with us now. She made quite an impact. Speeded the work up, uh, areas where I was, I didn't have, where I couldn't get. Into high people or council to a certain person because she's actually within the system. She she's, can knock on the right doors and say, listen to Ellen.
0: <laughs> Um I just wondered then, you know, you talked to some of the challenges for particular age groups, for example, that still exist. Do you have a sense of how many people that live in Glossop actually do access those green spaces? Pre-Covid,
1: probably very few, to be perfectly honest. Um, The first lockdown where the government was going, go out and do your hour-a-day exercise, you're quite welcome to do that. We saw a massive spike in walking to the point where trails that I would have run along and not seen anybody, (laughs) you know, for miles, suddenly it was more like the M1. (laughs) <laughs> and passing families with dogs and, and generations of people as well so, but then it went down again once the lockdowns disappeared but we do have these three very deprived areas in Glossop and then the people live in them areas no, they don't access the green spaces despite the fact that it's, you know, it's a stone throw away you speak to them about it they'll go, you know what I've never even thought about doing it this the unknown of, getting, of the fear of getting lost. This the level of fitness that they probably couldn't even walk the half mile to actually get into the green space. Mm. Lack of equipment. More the fear really of I've never done it and I don't know what to expect. It's a funny one because if you've never been, um, if you've never been out for a walk for enjoyment, because their walk is I've got to walk to the shops because they don't drive. Um, so they still move around in within their space, but they don't go outside of that space because a lot of them don't drive. Public tramp, transport's really poor. It's they're like game on the top of a hill. So if you if you walk, you can walk, walk down the hill, but you're not going to walk back in your, it, with your shopping. So you're then going to get in a taxi or whatever because the buses are terrible. But they're, they're what they see walking is is a means of getting from A to B. It's not a leisure thing and as I mentioned before from the hangout club some of the volunteers they've got a bingo club going but they've also got a walk and talk group going as well where they, they meet up outside the local chippy <laughs> not the best place it's a great chippy me.
0: though it's, it's the chippy. best one of the best
1: chippies in Glossop, yes <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the chippy yeah. it's called the chippy yeah. Yeah. just give him <laughs> But they meet outside the chippy and they go for a walk and they, they, they're they slowly growing that walk. So they, so they, they, there is slight changes in, in their habits and it is taking just one or two people within that community to say, why don't you come for a walk and mm-hmm. we'll have a chat and, mm-hmm. you know, I want to lose a bit of weight, do you want to come with me? Because they've, they've not got access to gyms because, like I say, they've, by the time they have got to the gym, they've, they've done their exercise, <laughs> yeah. you know, so because there isn't any gyms up there. I've been working with the local leisure centre to try, and they're, going, they're looking at doing more place-based work mm-hmm. in the areas as well. So that one of the barriers we do have is that um, Dharpshire County Council own the community centres within um, Glossop, and they have a tendency not to really like people going into buildings very often. Um, we have massive problems over COVID, obviously the COVID restrictions, but even when COVID restrictions were being re- reduced everywhere else They so were still keeping very tight on the community centres now they'll open back up from, with, with no COVID restrictions there's still issues around capacity for caretakers and that sort of thing so community groups have a tendency to struggle to find indoor spaces so that is one of the problems that comes with this tiered t- system within the council because um, with High Peak Borough Council any of their Land or buildings, we have no problems getting into, and, that, and that's because they're closer to Glossop and understand the dynamics. There's no other buildings to go into. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this, the odd church hall here and there, but then you've got all the restrictions that occur you can't go and do basketball in a church hall because they don't want you knocking over the pews and stuff or the chairs and things. So, so these these them sort of issues that that we're still battling with. Um, there there is some sticking points that are frustrating when it comes to that side of things. And it does affect the community that because if you're a volunteer and you've got to battle to get into the the building, you're spending enough time volunteering for your group that's just an extra layer isn't it that you've got to do and it's risk assessments and everything that they're expecting. Energy gets drained. Yes, Yes it does.
0: So Oh, have you seen that this sort of the way of working um, in terms of a place-based approach to visit activity and what you're doing all the things you're talking about has that had an impact on wider work within the local
1: area? Yeah it's getting replicated in other areas now so we've got like in New Mills another town of Glossop the leisure centre there is very much looking at how they can um, be more place-based and go to the people around, than expecting the people to come to them same in Fairfield in Buxton as well so yeah the, the, the learning is going out you can't expect people to come to you there's so many barriers people that live in these deprived areas their lives are so complex to start off with if you then put well you've got to get a mile to the local leisure centre to do your fitness le- whatever even if it's a doctor's referral so it's free when you get there you've still got to get there so, we are. I mean, like with the doctor's referral, we're, we're currently in the process of moving them out of the leisure centres and actually taking them to the place-based places because that's where the referrals are coming from. They're coming from these deprived areas where people have got long-term health conditions and through lifestyle more than anything. So it's about, obviously, the education as well and that side of things. So, yeah, the learning has has, has gone across the high peak, so yeah, it's really good.
0: So, what's, what's next and what does the future look like? What's next?
1: Um, well, transport is one of my key focuses, actually. You're going to solve it? I wish I could. <laughs> I need to flatten Glossop. That, that would help.
0: <laughs> I've heard you can move mountains. I didn't know you could flatten it, Ellen.
1: Yeah, tra- active travel is one of my pet things about in Glossop, really, because... Having children at high school age, obviously they're in that in that, that that in between where they don't want mum taking them here, there, and everywhere, and I don't like getting in the car anyway, so they've always had to walk with mum. Um, but to get to the high school, the high school's in Hadfield. It's a fair old walk, so we're looking at how we can get them to cycle to school. But the A fifty seven that runs through the centre gossip such. Trunk road, heavy goods vehicles, you know. I want, I don't like cycling on it, never mind sending children on it. I find alternative routes. So we have identified an off road route that's, um, that's currently a footpath um, by linking a few footpaths together. And we have the national cycle route, it does go through, it skirts the edge of Glossop. Mm-hmm. And using a bit of that and a, um, some bridleway and stuff, we have identified. Uh, routes, which Sustrans have had a look at and they think it's the most feasible route as well. Um, so, yeah, that is the project, really. Obviously, that requires quite a lot of infrastructure, which brings a lot of cost involved. So, at the moment, we're sort of looking at the soft measures that we can do, so encouraging people to use bikes where they can anyway, which is like the pump track, um, and getting the schools involved in all the different um you know, what to school days, clean air days, cycle to school week, all them sort of different things. Trying to change the habits of the people um, so that we can prove the need, and then we can look at how we can finance a, a, this off-road route. That's going to be the slow burn because it's a long, it's, 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 you know, it's a long-term thing, isn't it? But um, I'm optimistic because of that sort.
0: <laughs> sounds like a great vision. <laughs> And it might be a slow burner, but it sounds like a better option than flattening mountains, yeah. I have to say.
1: I don't think if i flatten mountains or moving rivers, that's the hard bit. Yeah. I'm not sure how popular
2: it would be, it's so like looking people's know. houses down,
0: yeah. really. And, but that sounds brilliant. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to sit and listen and talk. And I, I want to come now and come and uh, see all this that's stuff that's in much action. Much. Thank you, Helen, for Thank everything you're welcome. doing. Yeah, you really are yeah, a massive inspiration. So, um, yeah, keep running
1: oh we'll do it takes me sane. Uh, yeah <laughs> and,
0: uh, take care thanks thanks Thank you. You. thanks for listening to this GM Moving podcast episode we've heard how moving matters to everybody and how we can all play a role to design moving back into everyday life we'd love to hear how you keep moving and the ways you're supporting others to live an active life You can contact us on our socials, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Greater Sport and don't forget the hashtag #GMovingInAction. Please do share this episode with people and organisations who'll find it useful. And join the movement, the movement. A big thank you to everyone who's investing in this work and playing their part to test, to learn and to make this happen. This series is a Mike Media production.